Previously on Polyamory. You were on the back of a beautiful cart being pulled by a couple of quite beefy looking piggies. Oink, oink. As you make your way to Tour Town, you see many weary travellers on the road. It looks like there are many more refugees heading from the south, fleeing towards Groivon. Just on the outskirts of Tour Town, you see a, a large camp. Hundreds of tents have been pitched to house the refugees. You see a few of the tents sort of nearer the cave wall look much more big and grand. Obviously, people mm. who are welcome connected and and perhaps better organized or, or had more in the first place are, are making the most of that clearly some inequality in the size of the tents at least who knows what else is going on madam valerie is hella pissed you eventually come to the town proper it's more densely populated than more town tall housing structures reach high up to the ceiling of this cavern there's many general stores selling cheap goods uh, there's a nine copper shop one silver land <laughs> there's plenty of places to bet on any type of fighting you want all this is uh, interspersed with with newer shops like there's there's a daru's uh, a cartone warehouse there's an elf food shop at last you come to the local polyarmory oh you must be vendy's lot yeah, that's us. That is us. I hope, I hope the road wasn't too congested with all these refugees. The person you need to see is called Revo. Over in that camp, you probably passed it on the way into town. I believe it's some kind of whorehouse called Succubi. I would like to have my pseudo-dragon hold on to the two bags of gold, and then I'm going to temporarily dismiss my pseudo-dragon. A sort of middle-aged drow woman in, in quite tattered clothes comes hastily walking towards you. Excuse me, excuse me, have you seen my daughter? She's lost. How can we help? We may not have seen your daughter yet, but if you can give us a brief description where you last saw her, we might be able to help you out. Please, my daughter, she's she's Patu. She was walking to get water for, for our family, and she has never come back. We were over at the refugee camp, and no one has seen her. You will know her. She has beautiful, unique red eyes and a cross-shaped scar on her cheek. On one side nearest the cavern wall, you see what looks like a building work. Somebody is, is putting up an actual stone structure. Against it is one of the larger tents. Strung across the front of the tent is a bit of bunting, which states cheap girls available and pronounces the name of this establishment succubi they give you a leering grin and a knowing wink to thrall pull back the tent flap and just you in there is a smell of sweat sex stale booze and tobacco you are greeted by a sleazy looking goblin in a suit he has a, an attempt at a moustache it's quite <laughs> thin and wispy he grins at you in a way that makes you incredibly uncomfortable winks at thrall and says oh hello sir yes yes hello uh, brought us a girl, have you? Uh, how much do you want for her, then? This way, this way, darling. <coughs> he pulls out what is very familiar to you as a hammer you've seen previously. I take out the hash stone, I hold it up against the hammer. It glows and vibrates, exactly as you have been told that it would in the presence of the true hammer. Ah, oh, sir, yes, I'm guessing you're in charge here. Please do come in, come in, yes. Oh, I see you have the gold. Yes, your assistant here. Lovely, isn't she? I'm sure she's very helpful to you on the road. Oink. <laughs> I just look at him and all that's going through Bromara's head is do the deal, then kick his fucking ass. I I shake on the deal. Make a strength check to crush his it's, hand. It's warm oh. and clammy. Um, well, I suppose while you're here, you wouldn't be interested in... Uh, Selling this lively one, would you? We could always do with a few more girls around uh, here. Uh, any chance you've got a red-eyed drow? Possibly a cross-shaped scar? Sounds like you're looking for someone particular. Coming into the room are the two goblin bouncers. As you turn around to see the guards entering, Revo runs over to a corner of the room and disappears through a trapdoor. I'm a woman, you cunt, and you're gonna fucking get it in a minute. Just down a corridor, you see Revo holding a blade at the throat of a young drow, drow girl who looks absolutely petrified, and you notice that she has red eyes and a scar on her left cheek. Listen here, you slimy fuck. If you do not give her over, 
you are going to have a lot of hell to pay. You know how quickly we've just murdered your guards? You really have nowhere to run. He throws the girl towards you and makes a break through the door that he's just come through and slams it shut behind him. She clings to you, looking scared, and she starts crying. As the bugbear starts to push itself up off the floor, the tent flap flaps back, and there in the doorway, flanked by two ogres, is someone you haven't seen in a long time. Standing in the doorway is Scrum, your former employer and owner of the Eager Wench's brothel. Fighting death and human horse, Thorson tried to kill them all. They escaped the vile moor. Now polyamory stored. Polyamory. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Stone Monkey Radio's roleplay series, Polyamory. I am Jane Magnet, and I am the mistress of this dungeon. Joining me today to be punished until they scream the safe word, which today is Turlingdrome, are Laura Kate Dale. I fell asleep in my office chair and now I'm a bit sleepy. Let's do a podcast. You'll wake up soon enough, I'm sure. And Astrid Johnson. Minty fresh. Fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Hi. Uh, What's everyone been up to, apart from napping? Apart from napping in my office chair, I've been doing some work. I've been, uh, I I can say this now, I've been playing some, some Cuphead. Uh, you mean Cuphead exists? Apparently so. It's a very, very difficult video game that exists. Uh, also played some FIFA 18 on the Switch, which is like... How desperate were you? Apparently very desperate for games to play on the Switch. <laughs> so it's like, oh, sure, I'll take that FIFA code, I guess. Um, <laughs> and I started looking at a game called Golf Story today that appears to be like kind of a mix between Mario Golf on the Game Boy and Undertale. Okay. Huh. It's, it is a weird thing that is on the Switch that I, I, I looked at a bit today. It's been, it's been a day. Wouldn't Temmy be the cutest caddy? Temmy would be a very cute caddy, but Aww. instead here you don't have Temmy as a caddy, you have to go out on your big RPG adventure to be the best at golf. You want to be the very best golfer like no one ever was? Exactly. Dun, 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 like, dun. In, instead so of catching holes Pokemon, is my real quest. fill all the holes. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I was playing a bit of it this morning, and there was a, I, I tried to do my magical super JRPG hero golf swing, and then there was a goose on the the golf course. It was it was a very dramatic uh, experience I went through. So when you get the ball in the hole, do you do the spinny thing like it when you win a battle in a Final Fantasy game? That's pre- <laughs> that is pretty much it. Is like oh, the, the dungeon and boss battle are like your game of golf. <laughs> it's, it's kind of beautiful. Okay, I'm I'm definitely curious about this now. <laughs> um, and I have been playing things I can't talk about, so <gasps> you can soon next week, I believe. Aren't super secret embargoes always fun? No. What could you be playing? <gasps> it's a mystery. It's true. I'm I'm playing the sequel to Undertale. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. True. Plot twist. Hello. Hello. What are you up to, darling? Well, um, I'm talking about socialist memes in the UK newspaper, The Morning Star. The Morning Star? The Morning Star. Is that a newspaper you can roll up and batter your enemies with? I have tried this. It's unfortunately quite a thin newspaper, so you do need to, like, add metal spikes to it. For some reason, in my head, Morning Star sounded like a euphemism for, like, waking up with an erection, and I don't know why it sounded like that in my head. It probably is. Is it more of a sort of vagina-centric equivalent? I've got a terrible case of Morning Star this morning. I have woken up with (laughs) such a Morning Star today. Goodness gracious. Well, I'm going to be using that from now on. (laughs) Or or perhaps Um... (laughs) a very prepared for the day bottom. Oh, God. (laughs) Got a real Morning Star going here. It's twitching. I've also been really bad at designing CVs that aren't too cluttered. Ooh, because I get way like too you. excited about visual design. Yay. <laughs> yes, I, I saw your last CV. It was quite a thing. It's not yeah. the kind... I, I mean, I, as somebody who used to run a shop, I, I can tell you I've seen a lot of CVs and I've never seen anything like that before. Well, that's, you know, I suppose that's quite a um, a, a, a good thing in some ways. I, I'm just very glad you're a journalist and not applying to work for anywhere that I, uh, I yeah. would be hiring. 
Yeah. <laughs> Should we do an adventure? Let's do that. Let's do right. an adventure. Adventure? Thing. Yeah. Okay. That's enough of this real life talk. Yeah. God. So, as you may or may not recall, at the end of last episode, you were standing, well, some of you were standing in a tent attached to the side of a newly built or partially built building. Uh, Madam Valerie, you are standing over a bugbear who is desperately trying to get up after a fit of the giggles. You are flanked by Thrall, your beloved, and Puff, the magic dragon. There is a high girl lying face down on the floor who hasn't even moved despite falling on her face at the beginning. There is a bugbear sitting in the corner who has not moved for about the last hour. Concerning. Uh, Brilmara, you are currently in a hallway with who is believed to be the abducted girl Patu, whose mother approached you in the street last episode. And you have Modratar with you. Finally, after all this time, you have recovered the hammer. Hooray! Behind you is a partially open door back to the, the main tent area where the bar is. To your right is the door to the kitchen. Uh, slightly ahead of you and to the right is the door that Revo ran through after shoving Patu at you. And straight ahead is a door marked Stockroom. At the end of last episode, we uh, had the dum 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 moment of Scrum, your former mm. employer and owner of the Eagle Winch's brothel, before uh, Madame Valerie led a glorious revolution and introduced communism to the un Underdark. The scrum had entered, uh, or just arrived in the doors of the tent flaps, flanked by two ogres. So let us begin there. Ah, Valerie. I thought I taught you better than to rough up my customers. Your disgusting fetishes have no place in a respectable establishment. And he looks from you to Thrall to Puff. I think you and your collection of miniature dragons should leave i think we'll we'll get going and see what bromar is up to as you are out of sight what's the, what's the plan i want to go we grab the hammer and patu okay and follow after the direction that revo went just to see if there's any sort of see if there's any immediate like way out that could get us out without having to to pass scrum or anything mm -hmm. like that just just to see where revo's heading okay you Head through that door, and as you're coming through, you see Revo standing near a section of wall near a plant, and he disappears through uh, an opening, and you see it shut behind him. So, judging on the positions of where he's gone, he's probably snuck through a way into his office. Yeah, probably back through the, the secret passage that he escaped through in the last episode. Okay, uh, can I just do a general investigation check to see if I can notice anything in this hallway, either in terms of how we might have gotten through to the office or just anything else of note sure, in this may, corridor. You may always do the roll. Uh, right, so investigation. 16. That's nice. very good roll. Uh, you see that some of the brickwork near to the, the plant appears to be slightly different colours. There is, there is a definite edge here. You can tell there is a door in the wall for 16. I think you'll see that there is a stone nearby, which is slightly darker than the stone around it. Okay, so there's one in particular that is darker than the rest. Yes, next next to the actual door section, there is one, one stone that is slightly darker than all the others. Okay. Um, slightly. Okay, so before I do anything else, I want to cast Unseen Servant. Uh-huh. I am granted an invisible, shapeless force that can do simple tasks at my command for an hour. Mm -hmm. I want to give the Unseen Servant a description of Delilah and okay. command them to search around and see if they can find anyone fitting that description. Okay. This, can it get through doors and things? Does, does it have uh, a, it, a body it, at all? It is a, it is a shapeless force, yeah, so it's... I assume if we're not in an airtight place, it can probably get in to have a look yeah. nice and slyly. That, that's fair, I will allow that. Okay, so you uh, summon and send out the the Unseen Servant with instructions on, on what Delilah looks like. Your friend from Madame Valerie's Working Girls Collective... After a few moments, the unseen servant comes back, and you—and that is from door number three. What's behind door uh, number three? I'm hoping it's Delilah. Let's go through door number three, please. Okay. Yes, for stealth roll. Uh, stealth roll. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have pretty good stealth, so fingers crossed. Eighteen. Okay. Hey. You make your way 
absolutely silently into the room and you see that there is a punter in here with Delilah. Delilah appears a bit zoned out. She seems pretty out of it. Okay, I'm going to sneak up behind the punter with my 18 mm-hmm. in stealth yep. and attempt to hit him round the head with the mace with the intention of either knocking them out or, you know, if worse happens, worse happens, mm-hmm. but the intention's to knock them out. Have at him. 15. Nice. Mm. Okay, you clock him round the head. Uh, the back of his head caves in and he falls forward onto Delilah. I want to roll him off of Delilah mm-hmm. and try and get her up to her feet if she if she's able to stand. Okay, you roll him off of Delilah. She doesn't seem at all bothered by the fact that you just killed someone on her. She doesn't seem to really have any concept of what's going on at the moment. And although she is, as I say, quite out of it, she's still very compliant. So when you start trying to get her up, she does sort of follow that and and come with you. But she's really spaced out. So she's a bit spaced out Mm -hmm. and needs some some leading, but she can, say, stand on her own feet with a little bit of guidance. Okay. For the second, I'm going to get the Unseen Servant to just sort of help carry her and uh, just not not carry her, but just sort of keep her steady and lead her around. Yeah. I want to go back out to the hallway where Revo went through the wall. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to try I'm going to try two things uh, quickly. If we go back to where we started, you said that there was a door to the uh, stockroom? Yes. What can I see in the stockroom? So you head back out into the hallway and enter the the staff-only stockroom. In here is a a number of stacked barrels. There's preserved foodstuffs and so forth. Nothing particularly exciting. Spare glasses. And you notice at the back of the room that the ceiling isn't quite finished. There is uh, a few sh- shelving units, but just over there, there's some, some sheeting pulled over. But the, this building, as I said from the outside, it's it's not finished. There isn't a second floor in it, but there is, it certainly looks like that is going to be built at some point. How, how difficult or easy would it be to try and get the three of us out of the building that way? Would uh, we need to do a particular role to try and... Get out that way? You would have no problem getting out. I think you might struggle to get the girls out on your own. Mm, right. I'm just I'm just thinking there's a couple of ways I can tackle this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get the three of us to stay in the stockroom for the second, sort of okay. hidden away as best we can. I want to put all my vision through Puff, if mm-hmm. I can. Okay, in which case we shall move on to Madame Valerie. You've been asked to leave. Scrum <gasps> gestures to one of the ogres and says... Otis, help our guest to his feet. And the large ogre heads over and starts lifting the the bugbear who is struggling to get to his feet after you whooped his ass. Yeah, fuck yeah, I did. I think the most sensible thing to do is not what happened before. Yes, no genital torture, please. No genital torture. No CBT. I made a note, and I forgot to say this before we start, but I made a note (laughs) that was literally just... Valerie, please don't fucking do CBT. <laughs> just, yes. just no, Valerie, no CBT, please. Yes, enough of the gen- I mean, genital torture. I mean, I can't promise just like straight up no CBT, but, but in this situation, but, but none in the campaign at this moment. Look, in you, this, you can you can do through scenario, all when you finish this scenario. Okay? In this specific scenario, there will not be any CBT. Instead, uh, position myself more upright, mm-hmm. square my shoulders, look to Thrall and Puff. Mm-hmm. Gesture them to follow me through the door with my head. Okay. And stride forwards without making any eye contact with Scrum. Scrum is walking to the bar as you're departing. The second ogre comes in and you make your way outside to the main road. Outside where you find your waiting carriage and a sedan chair, which is what you're guessing Scrum arrived in. As Valerie leaves the tent... Mm -hmm. She is mindful of when the flaps close and she's out of vision Mm -hmm. of anyone who might see her. At which point she sort of drops to a knee and starts hyperventilating. And Thrall sort of cuddles your head and sort of strokes your hair. As Thrall does that, uh, Valerie sort of clings. Um, Have we we yet reached the point where I am seeing through... uh... Yep, you're, you're, yep, you're seeing through Puff and you find yourself outside. Okay, so 
I'm going to do a couple of things as Puff. Okay. Um, first of all, I want to use uh, limited telepathy. Mm-hmm. And I want to put the idea in the mind of the bartender that at some point before Scrum arrived, mm-hmm. all of the working girls who currently aren't in, in visible in the bar room escaped and ran down the road sort of the direction that Scrum had come from. Scrum approaches the bar and is about to ask for a drink. The bartender goblin goes really pale and says, Boss, boss, they've all left. All the girls, they've all gone. Well, this is very disappointing, Jones. I think we're going to have to review your contract here. Otis, Tony, after them. And the ogres depart in a hurry, one running off to the left, one running off to the right, and nearly flattening Malin Battery and Thrall in their uh, in their wake, paying no Ow! mind. The bar now contains a high girl who is still face down, Scrum, the owner of this venue, bar member, the bugbear that hasn't moved for about an hour. At this moment, Revo enters from the office. But you're not there for that, so who knows what happens at that stage. Mm. Okay, mm. and the only other thing I want to do before handing this over to Valerie is I want to try and contact contact her with limited telepathy and just say, It's Brumara. I need you to get round to the back of the building if you can. There should be a spot at the back of the building where there's... Uh, Br- Brumara? Yeah, there's there's some, there's some open roof at the back of the building. I need you to get round there nice and quick. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Valerie takes a few sharp, quick breaths and readies herself and starts making her way around to the back of the building with Thrall and Puff. You head down to the side of the building. There does seem to be a lot of random litter here. Things seem to have just been dumped by the uh, by the bar. They're obviously not very clean company. Then this is the Underdark, so there aren't really littering laws. You come across a small kobold who's just having a, a wee by the side of some bins. And you notice, as Bromara mentioned, there is just some tarpaulin over the, t- the top of the building at the back here. Where they're obviously building another level on it, but that isn't finished yet. Right, okay. Okay, at this Bro- point... Bromara! Yeah. Bromara? Uh, Puff just sends the message like... Yeah, this is the spot. Also, shh. Bromara. Uh, I... Br- yeah, sh- no. Shh. Shh. Okay, he's been quiet. Bromara. Yes. Bromara. <laughs> uh, so, I, I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass Valerie the message that's basically just. So we are on the other side of this wall. I'm gonna try and get the girls over. I'm gonna need your help to do that. Like, my vague intention is to try and boost them over the wall and hopefully Valerie can sort of catch them the other end if needed. Okay, okay. right. <gasps> and how are you trying to plan. do this? Plan. Oh, plan. Go ahead. I have a plan. Right, yep. okay. So I'm going to I'm going to boost Thrall up onto my shoulders mm-hmm. and I'm going to get Corden Puff to stand next to me whilst I stand by the gap in the roof. So that when people are passed through the gap in the roof, Thrall will get a hold of them to keep them stable. I will grab a hold of them and put them down onto Puff. Okay, so you're climbing up onto the wall as well? It's about 12 feet up. 12 feet up, right, okay. In which case, what I do is I boost, thr- I boost Thrall up, onto to- on- up on top of the wall. Okay. So that with his mighty strong arms can help uh, people come through the hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. And I will help them back down on the other side of the wall. So you lift the boy up onto the top of the wall. And he pulls back the tarp at the top. It, it rustles a bit, but it rustles anyway. There is a certain amount of wind that blows through here. Fuck knows how that works in the Underdark. It's it just giant Underdark creatures having an occasional fart creates mm-hmm. some, Convection some, some or something. Wind. Yeah, yeah. The, the heat rises from the lava lakes and it just creates movement of air. <laughs> yeah, so how, how are you doing this are you being stealthy or i'd say so yeah i would attempt to be stealthy in this as best we can because right now not being noticed is definitely to our benefit Mm -hmm. so you're just gonna start trying to shove the girls up the wall as best we can yeah right okay let's have a stealth roll then 
uh, 18 from me. Okay, that, nice. that, that's a good start from your end. I think we'll also have a wisdom throw, because I imagine this is probably quite stressful for you. Uh, probably a tad. 10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just about. Just about, mate, that one. Do you want stealth checks from me and the boy as well? Um, not just yet, because I think the, the main noise here is going to be you're trying to get people up a, a number of shelves. Yeah, okay. Um, and the door is sort of just open behind you. So, who are you starting with? I'm gonna start with Delilah first. Are you just shoving her up there, or...? As best I can, and okay. with the, the, the help of the Unseen Servant, okay. I'm gonna try and sort of just get her up high enough that Thrall can help from the top. Okay, so you start shoving her up the shelves with your 18, that you, you get her up very, very easily, and the the boy takes over, guides and steadies her. Let's have a strength throw from Madame Valerie. Okay. To catch her. Okay. Thrall carefully moves Delilah over and she drops square on top of you. Oh, shit. The bins clang quite heavily. Oh, shit. Can I make can I make a dexterity check to try and fall quietly? Maybe an acrobatics? <laughs> <laughs> well, one or two of you is going to fall on those bins. Oh, no. Okay, because great. you dropped her. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. If you want to make the dexterity throw, I'll let you decide whether it was one or both of you that fell in the bins. Okay. If that is something that concerns you. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go, because okay. if one of us falls in, it might make a little bit less noise. Okay. Fingers crossed. Oh no! Okay. You both, both of you. Both I'm having a the bad day in a, in a most uh, ungrate, a graceful manner. You are not gazelle-like. Anyway, Shit. so who's next? Uh, Patu up next. Okay, let's have a stealth. Fourteen. Again, you carefully get Patu up there. She's not nearly as she's a little bit zoned out, but not nearly as zoned out as Delilah is. She understands that this is an, an escape. And she's very happy about that. So she's able to help herself get up a little bit more. And uh, she's also a small child, which means she's She's not lighter. a small child. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. She's a late teenager. I, oh, shit. Uh, also, considering... She's the child we, of a middle-aged woman. Considering oh, yeah, that point. where we're rescuing her from, I would hope that she's not a small oh, child. Oh, God, yeah, no. I don't want to think about that. Let's move on. Let's, move let's, on. Yeah, let's I, I never put it in bad editing audio. I don't know why I just jumped to that conclusion. I've thought, like... Wow, hey, this place got way seedier than I ever made it. No. Okay. <laughs> right. Low. So. Okay. Yes. Right. Hmm. <laughs> We've edited <laughs> around all of this. Yes, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Next, we will have a strength from Astrid. Fingers crossed. Hey, natural 20. She jumps down into your arms. You catch her and deposit her down. And then you do a little pirouette with her. (laughs) And she gives you a thumbs up. (laughs) So next, we just have to get... Real more. I just have to get up that wall as quietly as I can. Dexy uh, Dexy. Or I tell you what, you can have a, an acrobatic athletics. We'll try that on. Do you say athletics? Climb a wall with proficiency. So yes, athletics. Okay, sixteen hey. on athletics. Nice. There we go. Okay, so yeah, you deftly climb the shelving, get to the top, and Thrall is very happy to see you. He leaps down to Valerie onto her shoulders, and then. Off onto the floor. How are you going about this? Are you jumping on your own? Are you jumping to Valerie? Or I'll jump down by myself. I'll probably be fine. Let's have another athletics throw. Twenty. Oh, nice. nice. Okay, you you jump down and you do a little forward roll and spring up into a perfect ten point landing. <laughs> so congratulations, you have escaped the seediest brothel in the Underdark. Now, before we go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to peek around the corner to see if anyone's coming around the side <laughs> of the building because I accidentally, like, dropped Delilah and myself in a bin. Okay, so what are you doing? Like, sneaking to the the end? Sneaking oh, to the end well, okay. and making if, if a we, perception If we want to do that stealthily, we could always see, send the unseen servant to look around Ooh, the corner. yes, yeah. that's... Much more sensible plan. Let's do that. Okay. Uh, can I send the unseen servant around the corner to yeah, just be like, can. is there any? Is there anyone currently between mm-hmm. where we are and where we want to get to, which is that cart? 
Okay, and how does it communicate? I can't remember. I don't know if it's ever explained how it communicates. My assumption was I... always it has. My assumption was it has to come back to me to. I have a way of, of that we can communicate with it. Right. I ruffle around into my pockets. Okay. And get out two coins. Oh, I get a okay. gold coin and a silver coin. Oh, okay. I put them on the floor, <laughs> and then. If something's coming, it picks up the gold coin. If something isn't coming, it picks up the silver coin. Okay. Like, I'm sure I'm sure there are ways to do this. Like when we were trying to identify which numbered room to go into, I'm like it can physically interact with things, so just like tap me the number of times for the door or something, you know. I like to imagine it's just sort of pulled you towards that door a little bit. Yeah. Like I feel like there are ways it can be like Yes. Yeah. I don't know, press a thumbs up against me to be like, there you go. <laughs> It'll poke you in the left eye if everything's okay. It'll poke you in the right eye if everything's not okay. Well, no, it should be poke, nice. poke you in the right eye if everything's all right. All right. Ah, of course. Oh! oh! There we go. Now I am learning how the Unseen Servant... That's why it's the Unseen Servant, just in the eyes. Ah, I can't see yeah. shit. Ah, I'm unseen. <laughs> no, everyone else can see the servant. It's just you who gets poked in the eyes and can't see it. I, I like to imagine it goes around poking everyone in the eyes. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you in particular. <laughs> ten out of ten. I like this, ten I out like of this ten. new law we've come up with. So the uns- I just like to think that the unseen servant is just a mute Malcolm Turnbull from <laughs> the thick of it. Just like angry at everything, but we'll get the job done. So Malcolm the Unseen Servant goes to the... <laughs> Malcolm Turnbull the Unseen Servant. Malcolm the Unseen Servant goes to the end of the alleyway and returns and flips the left coin for you. The the silver coin for you. Huzzah! Okay. In the hoodie. As quickly as possible, we want to try and get everyone into the cart. To the polyamory mobile. Okay, so you head back to the polyamory to the fuck wagon <laughs> to, to your, your shagging wagon. So uh, the shagging wagon. There we go. So yes, that was much better. Now there is a legitimate point of um, how do I put this? Indecision for me because okay. the smart thing to do is to get the fuck out of here while we can because we've gotten through this remarkably well. Mm-hmm. There is a part of me that just wants to burst through the doors of that tent and go, "Hey, fucker!" and like kill. Uh, Revo and then run but I know that that's not a smart move. I have a decision that will entail the best of both worlds. What What is your your out of character? Uh, I'm saying this is all out of character so we're not taking oh, okay. time in universe. Um, <laughs> what is your suggestion? <laughs> here's, here's an idea. We piss on Scrum's box. Just cover it in piss. Gonna... Just cover it all that in piss. That doesn't quite murder Revo the way I was hoping. It doesn't murder Revo but it does fuck off one person I, in this I, situation. I'm going to say that yes, it would. It, if we're doing anything other than actively, very swiftly, successfully murdering Revo, I don't think it's worth us risking not just running the fuck away. Because hmm. if we run away now, Scrum believes his girls ran off in a certain direction and does not believe that we took them. So what's, what's hmm. probably by far the smartest thing to do is at the very least... We know where to come back to to murder fucking Revo later if we want to. We're probably okay. best yeah. now getting the girls back where they should be, getting the hammer delivered. Yeah, and once yeah, all I of suppose. that is done, we can just rock up unannounced, murder Revo and get the fuck out. Because mm. I feel like that has to be like, we're gonna have to murder Revo. That's a thing that I just emotionally I feel I need to do. So I also yeah that's I <laughs> totally respectable and I am absolutely with you one hundred percent on that situation. But I also maybe think we should take one of our red slime balls and put it on the cart. You only uh, have can, one red slime ball. Can can oh. you remind me what the red slime ball does? A blob of basically self igniting napalm burns for ten minutes. Will do one d four fire damage per turn on a person or creature. I mean, I think we should set the cart on fire. You could just throw it in there. Yeah, we could. I I I feel like hmm. I feel like the best thing to do is to just run for now. Okay, fine. But Let's that, just that being said, Let's remember go. that, because the next time we see Revo, we could just throw the red slime ball at Revo and run. Or what we could do is get him to swallow it. Oh. Or you could yeah. shove it down his nose. That's... See, this is the moment where I'm quietly One word. just like... insert it into his urethra with a stick. <laughs> I was literally just about to say sounding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. I'm, yes. I'm now just quietly being like... Can Revo just like conveniently like walk outside as we're leaving? 
Just into perfect well, you could insert. I imagine Revo's got a lot to explain right now. He does. Yeah. Let's leave him to be psychologically tortured okay. by the threat of losing work and well-being. I, I think for now we go and try and get Patu back to her mother. Yes, good plan. Okay, you're taking the cart. Yeah. You insert the starter into each of the piggies' noses, give it a, a few spins, the piggies start up. <laughs> You don't do any of that. Um, <laughs> you mount the piggy cart. Uh, who's driving? I'm if I probably correctly, driving. Doesn't the boy have a really good animal handling score? He, he yeah, does, but, but he's he... very nervous as driver. Oh, yeah, yeah. he is. Which he? I have okay. a decent animal handling and I'm not so nervous as driver, so I'll I'll drive. Good plan. To the dragon wagon. So you head off. You Did you say you're heading to Patu? Uh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go drop okay. Patu off first. You mount up on the shagging wagon, and remembering the instructions you got from IT, you head around the camp, back towards the furthest outskirts. It's near from where you first came into town. Eventually, you do have to dismount as the roads don't go all the way through the camp. You come to uh, IT's uh, tent, where she directed you. She is outside cooking some sort of broth over a small fire. She is absolutely overjoyed to see you. Oh, thank you so much. My patu, my patu. And she runs forward. She gives her a massive hug and she's stroking her hair and, and just sobbing. She's so happy to see her daughter. Look, I, I'm, I'm <sighs> glad we could get your daughter back to you, but like, I need to be blunt with you. The people that took her, there's every chance they're going to try and come back for her. As soon as you're both able, you need to get your things together and try and get away from here as best you can. Just, you need to get somewhere that they don't, that they won't know where to find her. She looks absolutely terrified at hearing this. She can see that her daughter is is a bit spaced out. She doesn't know what to do or how difficult it's going to be to move. She says, "What? What have they done? What? Who? Who would do there this?" There are some rather terrible, really terrible people in those uh, big old fancy tents at the back. The ones sort of built into the rock wall, a bit bigger than everyone else's. They're trafficking. They're trafficking young girls through who, well. They had no say in what was being done to them, and she's going to need some looking after, I think. And she clutches Patu even closer. Thank you. You, you, have, you have brought my daughter back to me. I, I, I cannot thank you enough. I'm, if, if I had something to give you, alas, I... Don't I worry have, about I giving us nothing. anything. Don't worry. I know you don't have anything I, to I, give us, but we I, wouldn't I, want I, it anyway. I thank you so much. You have done so much for me. Just, and, and we will be sure to leave as, as soon as we just can. Just stay safe, okay? Thank you, thank you so much. <sighs> uh, you head north, or anything else you want? Where, to where, where do we have to take the hammer to, Mordretar? I do believe we should check in at the Polyomery branch in Tourtown, where we are at the moment, and let them know that we have it, and they might have further instructions for us. Sounds like a plan. Okay, you head back to the cart, leap on. Thrall has been looking after Delilah. Good, good. You uh, leap on the cart and hoi off. The wheels spin in the mud and then you just go zooming off back towards the polyarmory. None of that happens. I just like the idea of making this cart way cooler than it is. <laughs> That's like, ma- I make mean, it as could, cool as you that, like. I mean, that could be canon. On the way back, Thrall is sitting with the Scrytone playing Piggymon away. Uh, has he mm. caught any cool new Piggymon? He has caught a green piggy Aww. and a red piggy. So you head back to Turtown proper. You are greeted by the elderly gentleman you've seen running the store. Oh yes, well done, well done. You've managed to get managed to get the hammer. Excellent work, excellent work. I'm sure head office will be very pleased. Oh, so I suppose you'll be heading off now, will you? Oh, I understand Vendy said you had some some things of your own that you needed to get sorted. Yeah, we've we've got a couple of bits still to, to sort somewhere in the area around nearish here, but yeah, where, where do we need to get the hammer to in the end? We'll need to go to head office in Groymon. Perfect, that's where we're going to be heading after we're sorted here, so we can take it right away. Well, it's, it's been lovely to meet you. Yes, do come back any time if you need anything, or if you happen to be passing through. Before we leave, now, Jane, yes. we work in an armoury. <laughs> we do. And I'm glad you've noticed. in working at this armoury, not once... Have I considered purchasing a weapon more substantial than a whip? Uh, what kind of weapon are you looking for? 
I really fancy a crossbow. I think a crossbow would be super a crossbow, cool. You say? Are you yeah. s- able to use a crossbow? I think I'm proficient in all simple weapons, and a light crossbow is a simple weapon. Well then, I guess yeah. I will allow. I'm very excited. I get to shoot things. That's cool. Fantastic. Congratulations on your shiny new weapon. Thank you. I'm very excited to to shoot the fuck out some things with this. Okay. Uh, so you take the Scrytome back from Thrall and you notice it is really, really hot. You imagine that if this thing had a power source, it would hmm. be absolutely rinsing it. Thrall. Um, I, give a, I give a sort of... Uh, making it too hot. All of those, all of those piggies. You admonish the boy, who begins to grovel and cower, and he looks genuinely terrified, uh, and and doesn't meet your eye. Oh, no, boy, boy! I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it in a in a serious way. It was a it was a light hearted. It was no hug the boy, and I start crying because of just how emotional today has been. And the boy sort of nuzzles into your arm, and also does a bit of a cry because he was afraid that you were upset with him. <laughs> Let's go to the this this cool this uh, cool. We we don't know where we're going. So now that Thrall is done with the the scry tome, can we use it to call the girls and find out where to take Delilah? You take the. The scrytome, you go into the book and you call up Zoris. As you gesture over Zoris's name, the screen goes that familiar cloudy glowing blue and white, shooting little blue balls, <laughs> blue balls, <laughs> fly off at the bottom of the screen as if going off into the distance. After a little while, it clears and you see Zoris, your friend from the Working Girls Collective. Zoris, hello. She appears to be brushing her hair and getting ready for something or other and putting on makeup. Hello, how's it going? Is that Delilah? Yeah, yeah, that's Delilah. We we got her. You yeah, found her, you yeah, found her. You bringing her home then? We are. If, if you let us know where to take her, we're, we're on our way. We're, we're at Castle Twilight. And she gives you instructions to Castle Twilight. Fantastic, to Castle Twilight it is. <laughs> you head off to the indicated location. Way out on the other side of Turtown, there is a, a large open cavern, and you see, even from quite a distance, a large concentric castle. Huh. There, oh. surrounded by a large azure moat, which is underlit in various places by some kind of glowing rock. Hmm. There is a, a large concentric castle with these tall walls with crenellated uh, battlements at the top. There is a large drawbridge that is down and you head towards that. You are gestured in by one of the greeters and pointed in the direction of the stables. They take over the cart and say they will look after the piggies for you. Oh, good. You take Delilah with you and head into the the castle proper. The inner castle is as you would expect. The, the walls are taller than the, the outside walls. And inside is this incredibly luxurious building. It, it is actually a, a... seems to be a working castle. Damn. At, at the door, the, the main door to the castle, you're greeted by somebody in a, a red velvet suit. They have quite short hair. Almost a buzz cut at the back and a little bit slightly over one eye at the front. Nice. And wearing a, a little velvet, red velvet hat. And mm. they say, Hello and welcome to Castle Twilight. Have you been here before? Uh, no, we're, we're, we're new. We're here with Delilah, who we've just recovered. <gasps> D- Delilah? She's, she's back. Are you, you with the girls from the Working Girls Collective? Yes. Oh, yes, they've been looking. They've been waiting for you to arrive before we go in. And they point to this large bowl of pronoun badges by the door. And they invite you to, to take pronoun badges to how you would like to be addressed during your time here. Oh, that's so cool. I take a she, her pronoun badge. As do I. And the boy takes a he, him and a they, them. You are led into the, the castle proper in through various areas. There is a, a large 
seating area in the middle of the first room you come to. A number of sort of bolsters lined around a large area just covered in blankets and cushions. A large number of people just gathered together and they appear to be just having a little cuddle puddle together. All, all, you know, nicely dressed. Not There's not really any nudity in this particular section, but they, they are just having sort of a, a nice cuddle together. A few people are smoking various substances. Mm. There's drinks and laughter here and there. Just casual chats and just just a nice cuddle. There's, okay, uh, already this place is fucking amazing. At the, so as you head further towards the back of the room, there appears to be a large, like a wrestling ring, and there are two quite beefy bugbears stripped to the waist, oiled heavily, mm. and uh, wrestling with each other. In in it's, they're clearly doing it more for fun than actual violent sport or competition. Oh, that's all right, isn't it? Your, your head led further through. Eventually, you come to a large pair of double doors that seem to have these exquisite curving patterns in gold, mm. with scenes of nature and trees and woods just behind that, and then it's like roots of trees, but going up and swirling across the surface of this door. And the greeter sort of holds her fingers to her lips and very quietly opens the door and gestures you inside. Inside there is a large auditorium, a number of sort of quite low angled seats, all angled around or pointed towards a single central circular stage. You are sort of quickly hurried into seats just along the aisle and and you start to watch this show. All around you, from people's out of their heads seem to be lifting images as if their very own fantasies are being brought to life in illusory form above them. And then figures from one person's fantasy may dance off and embrace or or do something with uh, somebody from another person's fantasy. All of this is happening around the central stage. The performance stage is gesturing with her hands towards each person and as she, with a little flick of her wrist, a movement of her fingers, these Images are literally rising out of the foreheads of the viewers and they're watching these amazing, beautiful, arousing sexual scenes happening above them before they then disappear off and get involved in in some other larger collective. Can can this be the end of our campaign? Can can we just can we just stay <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, here? I'm, can, I'm pretty can, fucking can just, speechless like, right now. Give, give up on saving the world and everything and sure, you know, give it six months or a year, you know, we might die along with everyone else. Yeah. But can this just be like the nice happy ending that our characters get as we just end up here and we're like, yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're good okay. here. You stay here for the rest of your lives watching this Pornomancer. Oh um, my goodness, they're a Pornomancer. Oh, can it's... I just say, why did you not tell us that Pornomancer was a class before we started? <laughs> She's a filth wizard, just like me. <laughs> She's a filth wizard. Back to the actual plot. So mm. if you, if you, you, okay, I will let you... If you want to, that is your choice. I cannot, as DM, take that choice away from you. No, we'll so go six save. From... We'll go save the world because because you're about to say that we're all gonna die, aren't you? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Can no. can we come back here as our retirement plan? If you live. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think that we will. If you live, and if Turtown still stands at the end of this, I I can sure we can arrange for you to come back and do this some more with all of your wealth and riches. Excellent. Should you get any? If you don't spend it all in Darrow's. <laughs> Shall I continue? Yes. So this p- performer on stage is summoning all these images from people's heads, and she appears to be quite a slight, skinny, very pale skin, almost slightly blue tinged skin very very pale white her hair is azure slash turquoise and it falls to sort of just beyond her shoulders and she has pure black eyes no iris or or pupil it's all black and she moves with incredible grace the moment she is sort of surrounded with this vague green mist as the the performance goes on each of the images people's fantasies are rising up from their heads and then an image rises up from one person's head and it appears to be just two people just holding hands and looking at each other and smiling. Mm-hmm. Then they start to drift off towards the edges of the room and there is a bright light that just rises and out of that comes a beautiful azure sky, a perfect 
clear summer sky. The sun is up, but it, the the light is not enough to burn your fragile underdark dweller eyes. It's quite comfortable to look at, but mm. you have that beauty of the scene of a beautiful summer day. It feels warm, and you feel warmth within you, a, a, a love of everything. And the, the floor below you and, and the, the scene around you turns into a field of green grass with this figure standing in the middle. And after a few moments floating at, at quite high speed from the very furthest ranges are all of these these fantasy characters that have been taken from people's heads and they all come together into a large just an almost tower of flesh and they're embracing <laughs> and kissing and in, engaging with each other and it's beautiful and arousing and incredible and then after a few seconds everything just fades and the room is just a room around you. The lights are slightly brighter than you imagined they were when you first walked in, and everybody just stands up and applauds wildly. I join them. As do I, standing ovations all round. Yeah. And, and as you stand, you realise that the, the woman on stage who's taking bows and so forth from the waist down has a crown of eight cephalopod arms. Oh. She is a cicalia. Now, Jane. Yes. Is there, a, <laughs> is there any particular reason why, mm. why she's a cicalia? The same reason I'm wearing leggings with tentacles on today. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> cephalopod arms. Do you perhaps enjoy this particular fantasy race? I'm a bit of a thing with tentacles. And by tentacles, I mean cephalopod arms. Being scientifically correct. Giggle, giggle. Okay. But, but, like, totally tentacles. Totes tentacles. <laughs> so, thank you very much for joining us. Laura, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Laura K. Buzz. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, YouTube, any sort of places like that. You can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, at kotaku.co.uk. And Astrid? If you go to jaffamoist.com, you can find all of my content, ranging from communist-themed video game features that are a little bit funny, indie haven content, where I talk about indie games and interview various different developers, so on and so forth. And you can also find a lot of my freelance work, most notably freelance content on Waypoint, and now on The Morning Star. You can also find me on Twitter, at Jaffamoister. It's all spelt J-A-F-F-A-M-E-I-S-T-E-R, where I talk about cool and fun things you can also find me on the real heroes podcast with my co-host Elodie cunningham where we talk about the real heroes of gaming yeah that's me hurrah i can be found as at maniac Janiac on stonemonkeyradio.wordpress.com i'm also on soundcloud where i present this and we're now on itunes i believe so if you search for stone monkey radio you will find polyarmory and anything else i happen to construct Additional pylons included. <laughs> so, thank you very much for joining us. Join us again sometime. Bye. 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 Harumble. Episode. <laughs>